Now back to the Ian O'Connor Show on 98.7 ESPN. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, we got a Yankees baseball question on the Twitter poll for your consideration. I promised you numbers. We'll give you some numbers in a minute. Of course, we'll keep you updated on two, for me, big games locally. We've got uh, the Yankees trying to see if they can get a split in their four-game series with the Red Sox. And, of course, Rich Hill makes his debut for the Mets as the Mets try to get a series win over the Toronto Blue Jays. But for me, it's that time. It's late July. It's training camp. The NFL is back. First couple of earlier last week, you had your rookies and first-year players. And, but now the veterans arrive on Tuesday. And to see what's going on with the Jets, we turn to the dean of the Jet beat writers. He's a man who's covered this team for a long time. He knows the ins, the outs, and all the arounds. He is our Rich Samini of ESPN.com. Hey, Rich, how are you? Hey, Larry. It's been a long time. Thanks for having me on today. It's been a while, my friend. It's been a while. And uh, a couple of the things I want to start with you with. But first, let's get to the important part, Rich. Is Rich Hill going to make a difference with the Mets? <laughs> well, uh, I think he's old, almost as old as I am. But uh, <laughs> you know, you know, he's got good numbers. But lately, he's been on kind of a tailspin. I think it was right around the crackdown on the spin rates. So mm-hmm. it seems like his uh, numbers have declined since then, which always raises an eyebrow. But that was a good trade. The Mets needed some arms uh, with all the injuries. I had to ask the Met fan, Rich, to me that Met question just to get him rolling here. I'll be interview. watching soon. soon. Oh, yeah, there's no question. There's yeah. no question about it. A uh, couple of things, Rich. First, a couple of your articles that you've had over the past couple of days. Um, the one-year anniversary of the Jamal Adams trade, huh? What As we look back at that year, it was fascinating. It's, it's kind of turned out pretty good for the Jets, would you say? Yeah, it was a good trade when it happened. Uh, I thought so at the time, and I think it's aging well. Uh, look, the Jets last year, even if they had kept Jamal Adams, who was a fantastic player, there's no doubt about it, he was their best player, uh, they wouldn't have made the playoffs last year. They, that talent, roster was just bereft of, of talent. And so they turned an asset into a uh, – it essentially jump-started their rebuild, you know, and they used – they used the one and the three from Seattle in this year's draft to trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker, who's going to be a day one starter at left guard. The Jets are, you know, doing cartwheels with him. They they just are absolutely thrilled with Vera Tucker. They think, you know, he's fantastic. And they still have next year's one from Seattle. So when you look about, look, and I'm, you know, for Seattle, it worked out too. Now, Jamal was injured last year. I don't think we saw the true Jamal Adams, but he's still a really good player and he's young and he's still fighting for that contract extension. But from the Jet perspective, it was the right trade because of where they were as a team, and they'll be able to – I mean, they still have a huge asset for next year with that number one. So, yeah, it was a really good trade, and I don't think any Jet fan would look back on that and say, oh, man, we let we blew that one. I think it was a good trade. Yeah, and it's – the interesting thing for me, Rich, is I think – obviously it's, the jury's out with Joe Douglas, and we'll reevaluate him as we go year by year and down the line, but – one, he seems to make pretty good moves with the exception of old lineman free agent-wise, but I think for drafting free agent, uh, drafting players, it looks pretty good what he's done in his regime so far. Yeah, well, Mekhi Becton looks like a really good player. He's just got to stay healthy, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think his talent is immense. I mean, you talk to scouts around the league, they're like, man, if this guy stays healthy, he has like incredible potential. 
And, uh, you know, we talked about Verrett Tucker. I mean, you know, the free agents haven't been great. I mean, George Fant is okay, but I think he'll probably lose his starting job to Morgan Moses. I thought Morgan Moses was, was a real good pickup for the Jets. I wrote this morning that it, it could turn out to be one of Joe Douglas's best signings. I mean, he's mm. a proven starter. Uh, has, has I think he started something like 90 straight games in a row, and they got him on a really team-friendly deal one year at $3.6 million. Uh, so that is a really good deal. I expect him to be the opening day right tackle, and George Fant becomes, you know, their, their sixth lineman, you know, a swing guy, a, a good backup, which is really probably the role he's suited for. So, uh, yeah, you're right. His free agent signings haven't been great on the offensive line, but, um, you know, I think he's drafted well on the offensive line, and that line has to improve. They were yeah. bottom five in almost every metric last year. So I think you'll see a noticeable improvement on the offensive line. As you got a little glance at, at the rookies and first-year guys, who are some of the players that really jumped out at you that you could say, well, you know what, uh, we'll, and we'll hold Zach Wilson aside. Other than him, who were some of the guys that jumped out at you? Uh, because I'm hearing a lot about Elijah Moore, for example. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, not exactly breaking news here, but, you know, Elijah Moore, and I wrote about him a lot in the spring in many camps. He was, uh, he was probably, he was arguably the best player on the field in many camps, you know, counting veterans, too. I mean, he was really good. He is. Um, He's just such a polished route runner. You don't often see that from players coming out of college. Some guys are really raw. Like Denzel Mims, he's got a lot of talent. He, he needs to polish his route running. It's not there yet. But with Moore, you know, he's so smooth in and out of his catches, catch, um, his routes. You know, he's so fluid. He's got good hands. He's got deep speed. He can line up anywhere. So you're going to see him probably in the slot, outside. He can line up in the backfield on certain plays. He'll get the ball on jet sweeps. So he's a really good player. I'm really curious to, to watch his development because I think he's a good one. The other one to watch is Michael Carter, the running back, because I think the Jets are going to be leaning on him this year. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a backfield without any stars right now, so it's a, it's a wide-open competition. And Michael Carter is a guy with impressive credentials from North Carolina. I was impressed the way he caught the ball in in a mini camp, I hadn't. He made one down the field catch where he adjusted and made a circus catch was really eye opening. So I'm really curious to see how he does as a pass receiver. That's the voice of Rich Samini. He covers the Jets for us here at 98.7 ESPN, and of course on ESPN.com. You're listening to the Ian O'Connor Show, hardest in for Ian on 98.7 ESPN. All right, let's talk about Zach Wilson. You had an interesting article about him, um, his dad chartering a a, a flight to. Uh, to, so fans his uncle, can attend his, his uncle, uncle rather yeah yeah so his uncle is the uh, for those who don't know it I'm sure some Jet fans do already his uncle uncle was one of the founders of JetBlue Airlines and uh, among other airlines as well so you know he is a uh, guy who uh, that's actually a Utah alum not a BYU alum but he organized the charter. So the BYU opens against Utah, their arch rival, uh, on September, the day before the NFL opener, but it's a night game. And so the only way to get to go to that game and then make it to Charlotte to watch Zach's debut against the Panthers is to, uh, you know, charter a flight. So he did. He chartered a flight, and uh, it's a 200-seat uh, JetBlue flight. I think you're charging somewhere six, six, six or $700 per person, you know, with the red eye. 
you know, watch Utah and BYU, jump on the plane, fly to Charlotte, hang out in the hotel for a few hours, and then go watch Zach and his NFL debut. He's an enormously popular player in the state of Utah where he grew up, and I'm sure there's a lot of interest in seeing him play his first NFL game. No question about that. And, uh, Rich, there's a lot of interest in New York seeing him play his first NFL game. What have yeah. you seen from him so far? How does he look? And, I, look, I know it's early. I get it. I know you really don't – we're really not going to know until you put some pads on in training camp. As you know, Westoff used to always say, the underwear Olympics until then. But uh, right. how does he look? What, what have you seen from him? Well, I mean, uh, you know, he looked good in the spring. Uh, he was going up against a, a very inexperienced secondary, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, the important thing out of the spring and the mini camp was that he got all the first team reps, and uh, which is just every rep is so important for a rookie quarterback, and he got them all in the spring. So that was a real positive. Um, everyone describes him as a real bookworm, a film junkie, which is what you want to hear. From your young about your young quarterback, so that's a positive, and so he'll go into camp, you know, as the starter, the presumptive starter. They're probably not going to name him the starter until at the very end of the preseason. I think that's, well, I mean, we all know there's no secret there. They don't have any other veterans on the roster, so Robert Sala wants to send a message and create competition at every position. So obviously, he's not going to jump out and name you know a rookie quarterback a starter on the first day of training camp even though we all know that's the case. So you're looking for a progression for him. There's going to be some, some good days, some bad days. Uh, he'll be going up against you know a better defense now that everyone's in camp and, and as opposed to mini camp where some guys were sitting out. And so, uh, look, I've seen him throw. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a quick release. I think that's what Jets fans will notice immediately. It's a quicker release than Sam Darnold. I think uh, he is – kind of an improvisational artist. He can make plays when they break down outside the pocket. He can he just can flick his wrist and throw a fastball that is really impressive. Now, he did not see a lot of complicated coverages in college, so that's going to be an adjustment for him. Being in a huddle is going to be an adjustment mm-hmm. for him. We know colleges don't huddle anymore, so that's an adjustment. So it's going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be some days where you're like, wow, this is unbelievable. And there's going to be some days where he looks like a rookie who's kind of swimming. So this will be fun to watch as we go through the process. Uh, People concerned about his size and his ability to hang in there, Rich. What do you think? Well, that's the one concern I had, like going through the draft process and talking to scouts. And, and, you know, he's only 6'2", which is okay. I mean, that's that's not bad for a quarterback, but he's only about 210 pounds, 214, I think at his pro day. And he's not, he's not really built solidly. Uh, you know, he's not like a Justin Fields or, or Trey Lance. Those guys are built uh, thicker. So can he take the pounding on a week to week basis? He was not touched much last year at BYU. He had great protection. He had all day to throw. If you watch some of his tapes, he just was not under pressure a lot. That will change. The one thing I noticed in minicamp, I think some of his inaccurate throws came on plays where there was a lot of traffic in front of him, a lot of congestion at his feet, bodies at his feet, uh, when it was kind of a dirty pocket, as scouts like to say. So that'll be the one thing to watch. How can he handle a dirty pocket? Because let's face it, in the NFL, you don't often get a clean pocket where you can sit back there for three-plus seconds to throw the ball. So how he handles that, how he handles the physical punishment he's going to face is going to be the big question. I got so much more to ask you, Rich, but I only have a couple more seconds. So let me ask you two more questions. Your thoughts. How will, 
How will C.J. Mosley affect this defense, uh, Rich? Because I think he really needs to have a big season to help take some of the pressure off what I think is going to be a very young secondary. Really young secondary. Uh, I think C.J. came into mini camp and he looked really good. He clearly dropped weight. Uh, you know, he was one of those big, heavy north-south linebackers, downhill linebacker. I think he recognized that Robert Sala's scheme requires different responsibilities for the linebackers. It's a 4-3 scheme, so your linebackers have to be able to cover and play in space. Uh, so that's a challenge for C.J. Uh, he, he came in, he met the challenge, he lost the weight, he looked good. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, I know there's a lot of speculation. Well, he hasn't played in two years. So, yeah, so he, maybe he'll be rusty in the beginning, but that's what the preseason's for. I think he'll be a real stabilizing influence on this defense. I expect him to be the Mike linebacker. He'll probably be calling the defensive signals and, and running, you know, the traffic cop, so to speak. And so, yeah, I think he's going to be an important player on this defense. With what the Jets have added defensively on the front, this could be a big year for Quentin Williams if he continues the way he is and now they have some support where he might get some one-on-one defensive coverage against the offense. It might be a good year for him. Oh, yeah. Well, last year was a good year, and I think, assuming his foot is healthy, he's on the top list now, but I don't think he'll be on there long. And, uh, yeah, if he's healthy, I think he, he has a enormous potential in this defense. It's a 4-3. It's a one-gap. It's, it's going to allow him to penetrate and go upfield quickly, whereas last year this team required him to more a little more lead and react. This year it's going to play perfectly to his strength. Off the snap of the ball, you know, first step, quickness, you know, just penetrating. He'll be the three technique. He is the quintessential three technique. And you put a guy like a Carl Lawson next to him, uh, an edge rusher who, who will attract some attention from offenses. So that, like you said, Larry, it'll enable Quinnen to get more one-on-one blocking. If he's healthy, I just see, man, he could have a, a Pro Bowl year. I, I see big things for Quinnen Williams. Last thing, Rich, please tell me uh, Sam Ficken is not going to be the starting uh, place kicker for this team. Uh, I know. It's like Jet fans are groaning <laughs> as they hear that name as they're driving in their cars right now listening. Uh, well, he, uh, the kicker may not even be on the roster yet. You know, they had the kid mm-hmm. from SMU who, uh, frankly, had some rough spots in minicamp. You know, Ficken had a couple of rough days in minicamp. Ficken did not have a good finish to last year, although he was battling through some injuries. Um, so that's been the one thing that they haven't been able to solve. It's been musical kickers for the last few years. Uh, you, you would think they'd be able to figure that out. I, I just have a feeling that the kicker may not be on the roster right now. <laughs> Which I, I hope know not. doesn't give Jeff <laughs> a whole lot of confidence. But uh, they don't want Ficken, you know, uh, you know, they had uh, Myers, who's doing really well in Seattle. They let, they let him get away. And uh, so they're paying for that one. And so, yeah, uh, they're, they're on the lookout for kickers. Let's put it that way. Rich Amini, who does a great job. You can read him online at ESPN.com. Also follow the podcast, The Flight Deck. He does a great job with that as well. Rich, it's going to get busy. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Thanks, Larry. Always a pleasure. All right. Thank you, Rich. Now back to the Ian O'Connor Show on 98.7 ESPN.